you feel so isolated and alone. And it's like, oh, you know, no, you don't have to be. Like, we're we're here, unfortunately, as like the club that nobody wants to join, but we're here to hold your hand and we're here to support you. In 2013, Kat Bonner lost her mom in a tragic car accident. She figured out how to manage her grief and is helping other women do the same. On this podcast, you'll hear from other women who have lost their moms and discover the exact coping strategies you need to get through the day and be in the best place you've ever been. Don't miss another episode. Subscribe today. More information can be found at catbonner.com forward slash podcast. And if you'd like to join a group of like-minded women, head to Facebook and search for the Life After Losing Mom community. Lastly, if you're looking for help managing your grief, book a complimentary connection call at catbonner.com. Well, I would say ever since I learned about death when I was a very, I want to say I was about six or seven years old when I first understood death as a concept. Um, and I remember, I, and I don't rem- I think it might have been around the context of losing my grandfather um, and, you know, kind of really trying to understand that and wrap my, my brain around what that meant for him to be dead. And then making that leap immediately to being like, oh, that means someday mom's going to die. And I remember just being very like anxious about that for a large part of my childhood and, and trying not to focus on it too much because like, you know, there wasn't really going to do too good, but, um, but definitely remembering like that idea of like, and it was always, it was my, my sole thing was on my mom. I mean, I loved my brother. I loved my father. Um, but it never occurred to me that, well, first of all, it never occurred to me that I'd lose my brother. And as you know, I, I lost him first. Um, um, and it never really occurred to me that I'd lose my dad. And I mean, for me, it was always focused on my mom because I was such a, a little mommy's girl from the start. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing. Um, Welcome. Yeah, it's hard when, you know, you're confronted with death and you know what it is, but that still doesn't, you know, make anything easier because no matter what, you still can't prepare yourself for like the death of your mom, even though, you know, eventually like, hey, this is probably going to happen while I'm alive. And right. Yeah. So that's just interesting. Um. So let's see, you were a mama's girl. Um, where, like, was your brother, sorry, um, close to your mom as well? Or just tell me a little bit more about the dynamic of your relationship with her. Sure. Um, well, a little bit of a side backstory or pre-story to, because I'm adopted, so is my brother. Um, as far as we know, we were never like, you know, blood related, but we're both adopted from uh, Bogota, Colombia. Um, And my parents, um, well, my mom really always wanted to be a mother, like, ever since she was a young girl, she was like, I want to be a mother someday. Um, And she and my dad um, were trying to get pregnant for a while, um, had to go through fertility treatments and all that. Um, They finally did get pregnant. And then um, my mom went into premature labor and lost uh, lost the baby. He lived for a day. Um, at six months, he was. She was only pregnant for six months. Um, excuse me. And he was. And then he was born, and lived for a day and died. And then the doctors had told them at the time that it really wouldn't be a good idea for my mom's body or the baby that she was going to try to carry to do to get pregnant again. Um, so at that point, the doctor was like, you know, if you really want to be parents someday you should probably look into another method like adoption. So my parents, my mom was like, well, that's it. Well, I need to be a mother. So we, this is how we're going to do, this is how we're going to become parents. Um, So my brother was adopted first. um, And then, um, and I think secretly, although it was never outright said, but I think secretly my mom really wanted to have a daughter, which um, I understand. Um, So (laughs) she, um, she did, after she, uh, after my brother was about three and a half years old, they adopted me. 
and it was and and it was all over at that point like again it was never stated like oh you know Kimmy you're my favorite like but I think especially standing at as an adult and standing like at, from a different perspective and looking back on my childhood I can kind of see like out of that I was my favorite for my mom um although she loved my brother and but they had a very um clashing dynamic because they were both very stubborn and both very hot-headed um and wouldn't back down from each other so they were constantly clashing and I always wanted to be the people pleaser especially wanted to be like the people the people pleaser for my mom um especially as I saw her like getting into these fights with my brother and everything so I wanted to be like oh, okay like be mad at him but don't be mad at me like I'll follow the rules and the directions and you know like being like the sort of quote perfect daughter for her um because I never wanted her to be mad with me and I always wanted her approval with everything I did and so and because of that I think we became very close because um because I was always, uh, more or less, always following her directions and, and doing what she told me to do with, within reason. Um, so, uh, so we were really close, and we she, we bonded over um, the love of reading and um, and theater and traveling places. Even at a young age, she would bring me places, and we just always had um, a really, really close connection. Um, more so than um, I think. You know, I think my brother and her did achieve some sort of connection um, after he got through his teenage years, but it was never, I don't think, as close as my mom and I. Oh, my gosh. That is so funny. Um, yeah, I love hearing about the dynamic just of, like, your mom's relationship. You're actually, well, sorry, you're in your mom's relationship. Um, sure. You're the first person that I've had on the show that's adopted. So I'm like, wow, like they're closer oh, really? to their, Yeah, I'm like they're closer to their mom and um <laughs> and I'm like, shoot, like I mean, everybody that like I've had on the show is like decently close to their mom. Um sure. but I was just like, okay, like wow, this is great. You have a great relationship. Um but I mean, it just goes to show that obviously blood doesn't make family. That's my personal sure. opinion. Um <laughs> yeah. But obviously, no one really asked me about that. Um, so when, I guess, did you realize, like, because I know that your son was born after your mom passed. Um, and, you know, you lost your brother before your mom. But do you think, like, the struggle and, like, your lack of hope came from, like, losing your brother first and then your mom? Or was it just, like you lost your mom and your it was like, oh my God, my world is like tumbling down. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, losing my brother was unexpected and um, he was um, riding home on his bicycle in Brooklyn, um, tried to go over a curb and miss, um, judged it, hit his head on the curb. Um, that knocked him unconscious. Um, and then he unfortunately was ran over um, by a by a truck, or uh, they never caught the person that um, ultimately killed him. Um, and that was it, it completely blindsided all of us. I mean, because it wasn't just it wasn't something that we ever expected um, to happen. And you know, when I had thought about death all the way leading up into that moment, um, and November 18th, 2013, it was always mom is going to die first. Um, my mom was always sick and um, she had rheumatoid arthritis. Um, we knew that she was going to have to go for a aortic heart valve replacement. In fact, when my dad, so my dad, my mom and my dad separated um, late. They were married for 42 years and then, um, you know, just decided, yeah. <laughs> we're done. Um, so fair enough. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like really big empty nest syndrome because both my brother and I were out of the house by that point. Um, so when my dad actually called me at work to give me the news about my brother, um, I was 29 years old at the time and my brother, um, 
my dad, I rather, I, I never had ever heard him cry, um, forever. Cause he's one of those stoic, like people that <laughs> he's just, you know, not really, he's emotional, but he doesn't really show emotional. He's a great guy. I love my dad, but you know, he's, he's just a man. <laughs> um, so when I picked up the phone, like the secretary came into the um, room, my classroom, and I only had a couple students at the time. Um, so it was like a before school program. Um, and she came in, she's like, um, Kim, you need to go into the main office. Your dad's on the phone. And I was like, that's so weird. Okay. Like it's 830 in the morning. Why is my dad calling me? Okay. So I like went into the main office and the main office was cleared, which should have been my first indication. And I picked up the phone my, and I hear my dad, but he's crying, which was like, whoa, like what is happening? Like, this is, I've never heard this before. Um, and my immediate reaction was I knew someone died, but I was like, okay, mom died. And I was like bracing myself. And I was like, and in the back of my head, I was like, wow, I'm surprised that's upset. Cause like they got divorced and my dad was remarried and I, but you know it's just okay they've been married for 42 years there's history there but I was still surprised that he was crying over the death of my mom because he was really struggling of course with delivering the news so I had all this time to like think about this build this story in my head that like okay mom said and then he kind of and then he finally was able to get out the words that it was Christopher my brother who died. And um, so that was just like, what? Um, and I, I screamed like, because there was, I had two friends that at the time that were working um, as teachers, because they had texted me. And they were like, Are you okay? We just heard you scream. I don't even remember screaming. Like, I don't remember any of that. Um, especially just because it was just so unexpected. So then once my brother died, I was trying to rebuild my life and kind of figure out what this was, what grief is and, and everything. And I was trying, I was starting to get a little of a foothold on everything. Um, and then uh, 15 months later, I got that, I got another phone call that woke me up in the morning. This time it was from my mom's assisted care living place that she was living at um, to tell me that she had died in her sleep. And I just, after, from, I would say, because I was in the second year of losing my brother, and and then I felt like reset button on everything, and was then plunged into first year grief of losing my mom, it was just, I just lost all hope at that point, and I just, I honestly would just get drunk every single night, because I could not handle living in this world without two of my like favorite people in the world, my two biggest cheerleaders, like it just was like, okay, like this is, this is absolutely ridiculous. And if I'm not, if I'm, if I'm sitting here sober, I'm like, this is, I, I would just sit there and cry and cry and cry. Um, so then I would just turn to, to drinking because it was like an easy outlet of like, I need to escape from this actual reality of losing these two people. So Yeah. yeah. Bless your heart. Um, yeah. And when I think about, you know, I guess losses before um, our mom, it's like, okay, if we have our mom to go through this, then it's okay. And then sure. when you have a loss and you have your mom and then you lose your mom and you're like, oh my God, like I don't have this person that I lost right. before my mom and now I don't have my mom. And like, I mean, yeah, you and your dad can be close, but there's just so many things that, yeah, <laughs> you know, Absolutely. there's so many things that like, okay, like this is only good for my mom. What the heck? Um, oh yeah. Well, I, my dad <laughs> left him, but he, um, I would say this is probably about three weeks after I lost my mom and I, you know, was just obviously sitting there crying all the time and like not being able to breathe and all everything and he sat me down and he was like are you gonna stop crying and I was like no not anytime soon like you, you do realize I lost my brother and now I lost my mom like crying not crying is not an option right now wait who said that like, yeah that was your dad yeah oh bless him I would have been like you lost your kid like oh when are you gonna stop crying 
<laughs> I know. Well, and that's the thing. Like, so, I mean, men and women, obviously, we process and deal with grief completely different as we do with a lot of things in life. And I know, obviously, it was so hard that he lost my brother. But after the initial first few months, I haven't seen him cry since. So he was like, because he kind of like, was like, okay, like processing it. However, he processes it. He has an amazing new wife. I love my stepmom, and I think she helps him deal with a lot of his grief. But for me, like, and and like when he was saying that, like, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta pull it together and and, and stop crying. <clears throat> like three weeks after my mom died, I was like, oh, if mom was here, she would like be like, are you, are you serious? Like, and I think my my stepmom, I think overheard or whatever and she came in and she was like rob no <laughs> like let her cry like thank she needs, goodness she needs this. there was some <laughs> woman who was a reason around here holy right. <laughs> um your stepmom wow you never mentioned that so was she i'm just curious um was she married to your dad before your mom passed yes um she uh, it's actually they have a really adorable story um my stepmom and my dad um, dated in their like early 20s, um, then broke up. They both claimed they don't remember why they broke up, but they broke up and mm-hmm. um, had families, had lives, had children. And then like 45 years later, um, found each other through Facebook <laughs> and re- reconnected and uh, my parents were in the process of getting separated when they reconnected. Um, and then they kind of just picked up where they left off um, 45 years earlier. <laughs> and, um, and she's a gem. She's, um, she is absolutely amazing and has helped like the whole family kind of stay together through the loss. And she's actually even integrated um, my mother's, my mother's side of the family into our family. So we have holidays together and, um, and, my my aunt who lives up here, who's my mom's youngest sister, Edie, um, she's always over there at my dad and mom's house for Thanksgiving, Christmas, birthdays, like all of that. And it's like I and I owe that a lot to my stepmother just being so open, open and loving and um, such a strong woman to be like, you know what? You might be my husband's ex-wife's family, but we're all family and here are my open arms trio. So she's, she's amazing. Good. That makes me so happy. It's always good to have another woman, you know, in your life or. Oh yeah. <laughs> regardless of um, <laughs> whose life it is. Um, sure. Yeah. That's important. So. Okay, cool. So I'm trying to process. So she was married your dad when your mom passed. Um, did you live in like the same city that your mom did or? Um, no. So we, I live um, in the New York city area in Queens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I was living there when she passed. I like, like feels like such, excuse me, such a long time ago. Um, and she was living out on Long Island. Um, so she had moved um, from her big house that she had shared with my dad. Um, they, uh, she had moved out of the house and into an assisted living unit um, about four months before her death because um, she had like a house of like four bedrooms, three bathrooms. Like she didn't need all of that, all of that, um, and it was hard to upkeep and everything so <clears throat> as a family we were all like you know why don't you live why don't you move a little bit closer to Queens so you're not so far away from me and I can visit you a little bit easier because where she was living it was about a two-hour drive for me um and then when she moved it was about uh probably about 45 minutes um so and, and it was nice I mean I wish she had longer she had you know spent longer time there for many reasons um, obviously if she was still alive, it'd be great. It's, uh, it's not bad, uh, that bad of a drive. So, um, but you know, it's Dang, not bad of a drive. Pleasant. Shoot. Yeah. New York city. That sounds super daunting, but. <laughs> I love New York city. It's my, it's my favorite place. Like I moved out to Long Island for 
about two years there when I had my son and I was like, nope, we have to go back. I hate it out here. <laughs> so now we're back here in Astoria. <laughs> well, I mean, there's plenty of things to do for sure. Um, yes. <laughs> so how long would you say, cause it was, you lost your brother about two years before you lost your mom. So, um, how old were you when your mom passed by chance? I was 30. 30. Okay. So old enough, I guess to understand, you know, what was happening. It still sucked. But, <laughs> um, I'm willingly understanding what's happening, but yes. Were you already pregnant by chance? No, I wasn't. Or, not. Okay. Um, you were not cool. No. So I was, uh, but my mom, like, cause so when my mom passed, I had a serious boyfriend at the time. Um, to the point where she's like, okay, so when are you guys getting engaged and getting married and having kids? <laughs> I want to be a grandma. Like it was always like, this was even before my brother passed. She was like, I want to be a grandma. I want to be grandma. I want to be grandma. Like, <laughs> you and your boyfriend seem like you're, you're serious about each other. So I mean, my boyfriend and I were living together. So she was like, okay, like, Tick, 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 tock, tick, tock. Like, hello. <laughs> when are you giving me my grandkid? Um, and then after my brother passed, she was even more like, okay, like, you know what would be really helpful around here? A baby. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, it just, that wasn't meant to be with my boyfriend at the time and everything. And we wound up breaking up um, only five months before my mom passed. Um, and, uh, so yeah, and so and then, so my mom missed out on being grandma by about two years. Okay, that's fair. But I mean, at least she knew that like the thought was like in your head. Um, so she oh, yeah. and I had a possibility to look forward to. Uh, how long after your mom passed would you say that like your struggles really started? Like, was it immediate? Did it take you a while to process like what had happened? Yeah. It was immediate because it was just like, so actually <clears throat> January of 2015, I was on vacation seeing my favorite band in Mexico. They were playing on the beach and I was feeling at peace. Um, so I was like, you know what? Like they, they have a song called with you in your dreams. Um, the band is Hanson and um, they have this song all about like, uh, well, they wrote it for their grandma after their grandmother had passed. Um, and it's about loving the ones that passed and how they're still with you in your heart, in your dreams. And it's a beautiful song. Um, and they had played that on the beach um, during their concert. And I remember just feeling really at peace and being like, okay, like my brother passed. It's been a year and two months at this point, but I'm going to be okay. <laughs> And I will be able to make it through everything. And then, like, literally a month later from that time, my mom died. And I was like, oh, F that. Like, I'm done. And just kind of was like, that's when I started. Like, I would say, so my mom died on February 8th. We buried her on February 14th, which was Valentine's Day. Was My mom always made so special for us. Like, we were always her Valentine's. And she always, like, be really cute about holidays and everything. Um, so burying her on that day was just ridiculous. Um, and then I came back to the city, I would say the day after. And then after that, I was just pretty much drunk for like a month straight. And I knew I could <laughs> like continue that because like I was also in grad school and I had to become a librarian, but like, luckily all those people, like all my professors were really understanding because like they knew my story that I lost my brother and like, actually losing my brother is what uh, pushed me into this round of grad school to become a librarian. And then I was like, I just lost my mother. Like I can't produce anything, any kind of work. Like, I don't even know what's happening right now. I don't know what day it is. I don't know who I am. Like I will catch up on my work or I'll go on like, leave or whatever I just know that I can't do any of this work right now um and they were so understanding and let me catch up in my own time um so then that whole month like it was just drinking 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 and um then I was in therapy though I mean I was in grief therapy for when I lost my brother and I just love my therapist she's amazing so I continued with that 
Um, and I'm like, and then when my mom died, obviously I stayed in therapy and she would see me on the few hours that I would be sober a day. And she would be like, Hey, like, you know, you can't just always get drunk every day. Um, and then I would say like about a month into, uh, after I lost my mom, I was like, okay, like, right. This is permanent. I, while for a few weeks there, I would have loved to join my brother and my mom. I also knew that I didn't want to do that to my dad. Um, more than anything, because I'm like, he doesn't need to lose. Because at that point, that would have been three kids, and he also lost his uh, baby, Clinton. Um, and uh, from when he, he was younger. Uh, and then losing your brother, and he lost me too. I was just like, I can't do that to him. So I don't, I, I was actually away, because I feel like traveling for me is huge for my grief. That's something that has really helped me with hope giving me hope and everything. So that month anniversary of um, losing my mom on March 8th, I was away visiting a friend in Massachusetts and uh, something clicked in my mind of like, okay, when I come back to the city, like I have to stop drinking every single night and drinking myself to oblivion and start trying to rebuild because I did it with, when, after Christopher passed, and I know I need to do this again with, for, for my mom's memory. And I know that, you know, my mom would want me to continue my life and, and to be a mom. Like, that's something I always wanted. Um, and, you know, although she's not here, like, I still want her to be able to have that grandmother status. Um, <clears throat> so I kind of started rebuilding from, from that point after that first month of just being, like, blackout drunk. Yeah, that makes total sense. Trust me, you're not the only one who's done that. So bless your heart. <laughs> I am glad that you learned because that's definitely not the answer. Um, that's just yeah. my two cents. But yeah, I think after a while, like after you lose so many people, you're just like, fuck this. Like, yeah. I mean, not saying like, what do I have to live for? Because that's like a pretty negative thought. But it's like, all right, like, it's pretty easy to lose hope when you keep losing people. It's like, all right, what hope do I have that nobody else is going like, or that I'm, what hope do I have left that I'm not going to lose somebody else? You know, you just right. become kind of immune to it. And I think that, I mean, you're definitely not the only person that has yeah. struggled with that. Um, so like after you lost your mom, that's when you realize you were like, all right, like, was it more of like hopelessness or helplessness Ooh, or maybe that's both a question? Yeah, probably both, but I would say a little bit more of hopelessness of, yeah. Like how, cause I feel like my mom, like my mom and I talked every day and like she helped me out with all the little problems and the big problems. So it's like, you know, when the little things came up of, I don't know, just like, oh, I need to, like, oh, how long do I put the salmon in the oven for? Like, <laughs> I didn't, couldn't call her. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, you know, like, stuff like that. And then, like, even, like, and then the bigger things, too. Like, uh, it's just everything. Like, I just wanted to call her about everything. It's just so hard to not have that person to to be there for me. Um, and, um, but then, I, then, yeah, I don't know. And I just feel like, well, I started doing a lot of yoga um, around that time. Um, I, and a lot of my friends um, and family obviously knew that I took, uh, that I was just completely knocked off my feet with both of those deaths within 15 months of each other. Um, so a lot of, there was a lot of people there that were just there for me, encouraging me. Um, listening to me, listening to my stories, listening to me, to me just cry. Like, you know, like, I feel like it was a lot of, um, in, in when, a, like if a friend loses somebody, like, you know, as a friend, you're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't, you know, I don't, I, I'm here for you, but I don't know what to say. And it's like, you don't need to say anything. Just yes, like, girl, preach it. Silence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like just sit with me and let me cry. Like I, you're, cause there's nothing that you can say that will bring my brother or my mother back. Like there's literally nothing that you can yeah. say. And that's all I want. 
so besides that, just sit with me and like, don't be scared of me being upset. Um, and luckily a lot, I had a lot of amazing friends that were able to do that for me. Um, and, and, and family and, and my therapist, <laughs> I love my therapist. And I also, um, so for the sibling, um, the last of the sibling, there's a group called compassionate friends and, um, they have a chapters all over the world for parents who've lost their children, but they also have chapters of siblings who lost their siblings and it's this whole big grief support group. Um, and since I was already doing that for about a, a, a year and some change, um, I met a lot of wonderful people there that unfortunately have also lost their siblings. Um, so then when I then got the reset button and lost my mom, they were huge, 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 like components in giving me hope because they were just there and they're like, Hey, you know, we might not have lost our parents, but we've lost we've lost somebody so we're here for you and there were some people that had multiple losses and that were like we get it like this multiple loss thing is complete shit like <laughs> but we're here for you and and with that group it's especially being able to find laughter um in just the fucked upness of the whole situations um really really helped um kind of helped me re rebuild the life that I just was like, I don't know how to rebuild this, but at least I have you guys. Exactly. Laughter. Oh my God. It When people say laughter is the best medicine, I'm like, oh uh, yeah, I can 100% agree with that. Um, right. <laughs> and Absolutely. I loved that you did yoga. Like literally yoga was, I swear to God, that's the only way that I was able to heal at that point. Oh really? Um, that's amazing. Well, I'm also like super type A in the sense that like, okay, like I'm a very wound up kind of person anyways. So I was <laughs> never really able to control my emotions. Sure. And then that was very much so like stepping out of your comfort zone because that's scary for a lot of people. They don't realize like, Oh my God, like I have to be like calm. Like how can I focus? And you're like, okay, like right. being able to literally clear your mind and not think about anything. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God. Um, but yeah. yeah, I love how you were like saying the difference between helplessness and ho hopeless, helpless and hopelessness. Sorry. Sure. My verbiage. Um, because that's definitely, there's a huge difference, obviously. That's right. important to point out. Um, and it's like, I definitely like wouldn't think you were helpless since you were, you know, already getting help. You already kind of knew your coping strategies. But sure. it was just like another thing to cope and right. grieve. And that's where, you know, the hopelessness came in and the struggle with hope because I mean a girl's your mom a mom is a girl's best friend and you know yeah. if you lose your brother you have your mom and then you lose your mom and it's like all right like eh what am I gonna do now kids right but yeah I love that you mentioned too like about that support group it's it's always better I think at least to meet face to face you know if you can because mm. well I feel like too like maybe when like people first lose a sibling or a parent or have a significant loss, they feel so alone. And then when you yeah. talk to people, you're like, Oh my God. Like when I first started this podcast and that sort of thing, I was like, Oh, like there's not going to be, you know, that many people that have lost a mom who can relate to this. And my mind is mm. blown. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's already a ton of people in the world, but like, sure. I guess just not really having a huge friend group um you know that not saying i don't have a support system but like if you don't know a ton of people that i've gone through this like a similar loss then i mean you just don't realize how many people out there like have been through what you've been through or something Absolutely. very similar like you're like okay like those are the people that i find myself you know turning to when I'm really, really struggling because yeah, like you have friends, but like, you know, like you said, they don't know what to say or do. And especially if I want advice, like if I just want somebody to listen, that's great. Like my friends can listen, but like, if you want advice, um, your grief or anything or help, then I feel like that's when you would turn to, you know, that support system. Um, um, have you noticed yourself like doing that too or is that just me <laughs> oh no I absolutely agree a hundred percent I mean 
I feel like I, I constantly tur turn to the support group that I have found. Um, I, so there's also like, um, so within Compassionate Friends, there's also an online Facebook group as well. Um, and I just feel like, cause it's just, it, it is, like you said, like you said, it was just, it's so reassuring to know that you're not alone. So even if it's not like, I necessarily need advice or, or help or anything on a situation, but just to be like, you know, like on, um, I don't know, like on, oh, this one's for, well, cause I, I found that the sibling groups have just been a little bit more helpful. And I just don't know if it's just because that's how it came in my life was like, I lost my, my brother that I lost my mother. And I'm sure there's, wonderful support groups online for for that as well but since I like kind of found my group of grief people um I do tend to go to the siblings the sibling group but um during national siblings day um which is like I think April 9th uh every year I was like is that a real thing yeah it's oh. a real thing <laughs> um and it's actually like the history of it is it it was started by a um, bereaved sibling as a way to honor her sibling. But if you look at, if you log on to Facebook on that day, everybody is posting their pictures of their siblings and how much they love their siblings and the, like everything like of just being like, oh, like siblings, like, yay. And for those that are, have lost their sibling, that day is such a huge trigger. Um, so it's just, it's like, just to go on to the sibling group and be able to vent and be like, Oh my God, like I can't look at everybody's posts today without like crying because my sibling isn't here or when friends like not meaning to and, and they shouldn't have to restrict themselves, like complain about their sibling or their mothers actually. Um, oh my God. <laughs> like, and then they complain to you. And I have some friends that are aware. They're like, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't be complaining to you about my, my brother or my mom because you lost yours. And I'm like, no, it's fine. Like you, I don't want to restrict you and not have you like complain about that. Cause they're humans. Like I get it. Like, you know, you're not always going to get along with your mom and it's fine. Like I want you to be able to be with me, but, and be open with me, but it's also nice to have a group to fall back on and be like, Oh man, <laughs> like I wish those were my complaints. I wish I could complain about my mom right now for X, Y, or Z reason, but yeah. You know. Social media is, um, um, interesting. I don't really have any words for it. It's great if it's used like correctly, but for some mm -hmm. people, I'm just like, oh my god! Like social media is literally gonna end this world. I swear to God, it will. But yeah, <laughs> I always tell people, I'm like, if it's Mother's Day and you've lost your mom, Father's Day and you've lost your dad, Siblings Day and mm -hmm. you've lost a sibling, do not get on social media. Sure. Like yeah. if you know it's gonna you, be hard for you and you can't like deal with it. I mean, oh, god, obviously, yeah. you're Run gonna away. do these pictures, like that's life so remove yourself from the situation like that's sure. just i mean i think that's personally common sense but once again whatever but <laughs> no one asked me um but yeah and that's why i try to like and i mean people are gonna post pictures about their mom whatever that's fine but like right. especially i noticed after i lost my mom like i don't post things about like i'm like oh i have the best brother like i have the best dad like I don't post those kinds of things because I know how it affects other people. Mm, that's a great self-awareness of, of that. Yeah. And yeah. I've talked more about like, and I don't really even like post about my, my mom's passing, or my grandma's passing like that much. But like when I feel compelled to, I do because it's more important to talk about let death, excuse me, than it is to talk about life. Mm. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. Like I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy, but like those are things that people don't talk about. So why not talk about it? I mean, sure. <laughs> uh, oh, I 100% agree. Cause I feel like as a society, we just don't talk enough about it. And then, and everybody loses somebody. And then when you do lose somebody that's like one of your core people, it's that you feel exactly. so isolated and alone and it's like oh you know no you don't have to be like we're we're here unfortunately as like the club that nobody wants to join but we're here to hold your hand and we're here yeah. to support you and get through all this shit that's like that just sucks it yeah. just sucks to not have you know your mom to support you but especially if you're close to but i mean it's life so what that 
I was like, especially if you and your mom are close, it really sucks. Um, yes. <laughs> but I mean, it's life. And like when people realize like people who like don't talk about death or aren't really confronted with death the first time they lose somebody, they're like, what the fuck? Like, what am I going to do? And then they talk to other people and they're like, wow, there's people in this world that have lost their mom or that have lost their sibling that have lost a child. And I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, what do you live under a rock? Like, <laughs> I mean, but it's sad. Like, that's just the way that society is. Yeah, I mean, I could go on and on about that. But would you say, like, the thing that helped you the most with feeling hopeless was the support group? Or, like, what was the catalyst that, you know, helped you? Um, Yeah, you know, I do think it's, like, the human connection and connecting with others that that have been through it, that have walked through it, because then... Like, I remember early in my grief, um, with my brother in particular, looking at people who are, like, further along in their grief and being like, okay, they made it through. They made it through the first anniversary. They made it through their their loved one's first birthday without them, the first Christmas, the first, you know, all those firsts. Mm -hmm. Oh, the first Christmas. You make it through that, you're golden. What's that? You make it through that, and you're golden. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just, I remember looking at them being like, they did it. I can too. And kind of just almost using them as like uh, a grief role model of some sort. Um, and that was able to kind of like push me up and, and, and like, okay. And I feel like now, you know, I'm five and a half years from losing my brother and four years um, from losing my mom. And I feel like, you know, I'm old lot further along my grief than I was obviously like the first few weeks of losing both of them and um and I would hope that someone could you know benefit from hearing my story and and feeling like kind of that same gut feeling that I felt in my early grief like okay wait she did it too she picked herself up and was able to move past all this all this shit and everything and now you know is obviously always missing my mom and my brother but I've been able to put together a a happy life and and I'm I'm able to smile and laugh and and enjoy life despite that um which is I I know we I think we touched upon this a little bit but um which is but I'm working on my memoir partly because like I want to have because for me books I mean, even before I had lost people, books have been my, like, number one love. And um, and whenever I have, like, hard things that happen to me, um, I usually run to books and try to find books that can help me get through stuff. So when my parents got divorced, I, like, went on Amazon and bought all the books for adults who are dealing with their parental divorce. Yes, there's not a lot of out there, <laughs> but there is there are some books out there, and um, <laughs> excuse me, when um always dealing with adoption stuff, like same thing, like I read probably like every book out there there is about being adopted, and then when I went through the reunion, same thing, like because I've been reunited with my birth family, um I read a lot of books on um adoptees who have been reunited with their birth families, and always felt like wow, this is so helpful. So I did that obviously with the loss of my brother and found all the books about dealing with sibling loss, loss of my mother, found all the books and read them. And that gave me a lot of hope too. Cause like in those books, there's, there's so much content of other people that have gone through the same thing and, and everything. Um, and uh, so I feel like I'm like, I kind of want to add my voice to that for other readers out there that devour books and and use books as a form of therapy um and as a form of healing yeah that's so funny I love how books become very comforting um and that sort of regard um it's just kind of like an escape like you can like just sit there and read at least that's how you know I looked at it um yeah yeah, well, I love that you were able to. Hopelessness is definitely um 
I mean, a feat, grief in general is, but that it's like a very strange feeling. You're like, okay, I've literally never felt this way until now. So mm-hmm. now what? Um, right. What would you say? Or actually, I take that back. What would you like? What advice would you give to someone, you know, who is struggling with this? Um, <clears throat> well, honestly, like to, to not give up hope, um, even when you want to, um, that it, it sucks. Absolutely. Like it's a, there's no way to deny that losing somebody that you love, losing your mother, like even if, I mean, honestly, even if you didn't have a close relationship with your mom, it's still like that sucks at a different level because then it's just like, you know, there's regret um, and wondering what could have been if there was more of a, if you guys did have a relationship or time to reconcile or, or whatever the case may be. Um, <clears throat> so it, there's no way around the fact that it like, it just totally sucks. Um, but that there's hope you can you can smile again. You can laugh again. You can, you can live again and, um, and just lean on other people. Like it's, we are a society of, um, you know, we like to make connections. We like to talk and we like to share stories <clears throat> and everybody has a story like worth sharing. Um, and just kind of find your, your grief, um, your grief tribe of some sort of, of other, other women, or men who have who are in the same boat as you, um, and that and it just makes a huge, humongous, humongous difference. And I feel like, you know, I love that you were doing this podcast because I feel like even if they can't necessarily <clears throat> connect with somebody in person in their community, um, that there's you know podcasts like this that they can that people can listen to and. Um, and just not feel so alone because you're not like that's it. that's a huge part of the life advice that I feel like I heard early on. You're not alone, and you, you know you really aren't. Um, and, you know you have a, a lot of people that are here for you. Yeah, it's important to know too. Like, especially if somebody lives in like a rural town or something like that, and like books are great, but like if they're not for them, because you have to be very in tune. Like when you're reading a book. Um, sure. And you have to like focus on it. And sometimes obviously focusing on the content that is, right. you know, related to your loss isn't always <laughs> um, the easiest thing. So sure. yeah, thank you for the encouragement. I appreciate that. And I know a lot of times like, you know, there are the support groups and stuff like that on Facebook, but sometimes those things, um, not saying they aren't monitored, but sometimes it can be filled with a lot of like negative self-talk with you know sure. the members and that might not be very encouraging for other people so I made it a point like you know like there's not going to be any negative self-talk on here like it's all going to be inspiring like how did you cope with the struggle that sort of thing so it's like it's literally only giving people hope um right yeah, at least that's the goal but yeah <laughs> yeah thank you so much for sharing is there anything else that you want to leave the listeners I know that we kind of like touched on that briefly about you know, any advice that you would give them? But um, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so. I mean. Just know you're well, not alone. <laughs> yeah, you're not alone. And if you can travel, like, I don't know, that was, that, that was a humongous hope, like, thing that filled me with hope as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even being park. outside, like nature yeah. too, does that help you? I love that. Like going on a nature walk, like, if you can't travel, like, go, like, see the world. I mean. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, even going walking in the woods is, is yeah. seeing, seeing part of a different part of the world. Like, was your mom cremated your by hat. chance? Or because, was your mom cremated by chance? Because I noticed that, um, like, my mom was, and I guess that's why I feel so close to her, like, in nature. But huh. maybe I'm just crazy. Oh, no, that's right. You said you buried her. Yeah, no, yeah, we buried, uh, we buried her, so. But I mean, maybe it's just the world. It's like, okay, like, oh, like, there's a sunset, like a sunset on a bad day. Like, hey, mom. Um, sure, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like there, well, my mom loves nature as well. So I feel like, oh, like that also kind of helps me feel connected to her because of her love for nature. But, but yeah, I think like, you, yeah, like you said, even like 
going for a walk or, you know, if you can't travel necessarily, like getting out of your head is just like, it's it, like, I, I go places um, on the, <clears throat> on the hard anniversaries when I can, um, on like their birthdays or their death anniversaries. Yes, girl. I try to go do something and, um, and just something out of the norm because it's just, it just helps to, you know, like you said, get out of your head and everything. Yeah. Especially if you're alone too. That's what I've noticed. That's actually, I literally decided this year, like on mother's day or my mom's anniversary. Like if I try, like if I can just go somewhere I've never been. And then, oh my God. And I go by myself. I'll take my dog. Um, but oh my God, I did not realize how helpful it was, especially if there's bad yeah. weather. Like I know it sounds stupid, but you can't control the weather. So <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so glad to have you. Um, tell me the listen. where, um, where can the listeners find like more of your writing? Oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, so right now, um, I am working on my first draft of my memoir. So super, super early stages. Um, <clears throat> so, and I am documenting that on Instagram. And um, my Instagram handle is writing Wednesdays. Um, so that's why Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, two reasons. One, I love alliteration. It's one of my favorite things. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> The second reason really is, um, so I am, I'm a single mom and, um, I have been able to, for the past, I would say four months, three or four months, um, I, I've gotten a babysitter on Wednesdays and I get, and that is my dedicated time to work on my memoir. So I wind up doing a lot of my writing on Wednesdays. Um, oh, that's so cute. Yeah, that's where, that's where it comes from right now. <laughs> that is so funny. Well, yeah, it was so great to have you on. I hope you enjoyed it. Yes, I did. Thank you so much for having me. I so enjoyed it. You're listening to Life After Losing Mom with me, Kat Bonner. On this podcast, you'll hear from other women who have lost their mom and discovered the exact coping strategies you need to get through the day and be in the best place you've ever been. Don't miss another episode of Life After Losing Mom. Subscribe today. More information can be found at catbonner.com forward slash podcast. And if you'd like to join a group of like-minded women, head to Facebook and search for the Life After Losing Mom community slash podcast to access previous episodes and subscribe for episodes in the future. has been an outsource your podcast.com production.